You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. You know, in one breath, I can be the most kind, jolly person, but in the yeah, next... On, on, the, on, on air, you are that person. When before <laughs> and after we record, you are 180 degrees from that. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hook. And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by ATB Financial. And ATB knows that being an entrepreneur and business owner has its challenges, including finding time to get the help that you need. That's why they've created the ATB Entrepreneur Centers in Edmonton, Calgary, Grand Prairie, and Lethbridge. With new pop-up locations each month, ATB is bringing their 360-degree entrepreneur support services to you. So whether you're dreaming, building, or growing, you can access a powerful set of tools to help your business and personal finances grow together. Visit atbentrepreneurcenter.com to learn more and find out where they're popping up. Up next, I'm Travis Curra. He is Brazilian Ty, and Ty, we just got through <laughs> just about a week long cold snap. It's nothing that we haven't seen here in Alberta, mm-hmm. but you got a little. It was a little early compared to what we've seen in the past. Yeah, that's true. Like pretty much all of last February was you know 25 below. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. So you got your tongue stuck to what? Dear penthouse. <laughs> no okay uh <laughs> so we had to work through the worst part of it and then they shut us down when it was only like minus 42 oh, yeah. uh, thanks guys so like yeah it was like minus 48 at one point and we worked through it, it it was just where we were working we didn't have a choice um we were I don't know, say 200 meters from the truck, 300 meters from the truck. My assistant was already on his way back. I'd given him the keys. I'm walking back to the truck. I'm not in the greatest shape. I have a dad bod. I'll be the first to admit it. <laughs> I was breathing heavy, which also means had my mouth open. I was wearing my my fire retardant bunny hug, which has a hood on it that's detachable, but it sells drawstrings. And on the end of those drawstrings <laughs> is a little metal egglet. <laughs> And it sways as I walk. Right. Because I was getting tired and my whole body was like, you know, it was an effort to walk, especially when it was that cold. Uh, it swung up and hit me in the lip. I was able to bat it away. <laughs> hit me in the chin a couple times. Then I started opening my mouth to breathe and it landed right on my tongue. Now, <laughs> I couldn't have done this a thousand times if I had tried to do it. <laughs> Direct shot. Direct shot right on the side. Right on the side. But it wasn't like, so it was the right hand side drawstring that got in my mouth so it went on the left side on the left hand side of my tongue <laughs> right because it was so long yeah so instead of you know not overreacting and panicking because it's like i've been here before this is gonna suck <laughs> right um i instead of just closing my mouth and letting the heat from my breath kind of like you know yeah yeah 
thaw it out. I just I went to rip it off. Oh. And I didn't pull hard enough the first time. <laughs> this so is like waxing again. your tongue. <laughs> then I had to do it again. And I so I pulled harder and like I could feel my tongue like stretching. Oh. Not as bad as not as not as bad as it normally would. Just in that one little spot and then it came off. Uh, and so then I stopped and checked in one of, in somebody's truck mirror. I'm like, oh, that's not good. And then I, I uh, had to deal with that for you know the rest of the day. I split, I spit blood for half an hour. Was there a chunk of your tongue on this thing? Uh, there's like a little tiny piece, but I don't know if it was tongue or ice. Like it was so cold, you couldn't tell. <laughs> I love this. And and I told you that I had a story, but I wasn't going to tell you over text messages. I wanted to hear your genuine reaction. The two and I weeks have not been ago. Disappointed. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just sit on it. Your misery makes me so happy. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad that I can do that for you. In the huddle with Karan Todd on the Two and Out podcast. You know, in one breath, I can be the most kind, jolly person, but in the yeah, next... On, on the on, on air, you are that person. When before and after we record, you are 180 degrees from that. <laughs> no, not quite 180. I'm oh, sorry, 179. <laughs> All right. At the time of recording... We're, we, it's not officially announced yet, but reports say that the Argos and the Riders are going to have a touchdown Atlantic, but this one is in Halifax at St. Mary's University mm-hmm. on July 25th. I really don't think it's a coincidence that the Riders are involved in this game. I, no. I do think that they're relying on the fans to show up, be enthusiastic, and put on a show for the rest of Halifax just to show how fun this game can be and what an enthusiastic CFL fan base looks like. That and, you know, like you said, you're, you're, they're banking on people coming. Um, Argos have had attendance issues in the past. I'm assuming this is going to be an Argos home game, yeah, if I yeah. looked at the schedule correctly. So, I mean, yeah, you're taking away a gate from an Argos game, but I'm sure that there will be reimbursement. Like, I mean, they're going to have to do something for them. And having the riders come to Halifax to play them just adds money to the gate if, you know, rider fans travel like they have in the past. I already looked at direct flights from Calgary. They're about 775 bucks. No, it's not too fly, bad. Drive to Edmonton and fly on Swoop, and it'll be like half the price. I ch- Edmonton does not go to Halifax. Well, you got to stop in Hamilton and then go Hamilton. Oh, you, go, you you connect in uh, Hamilton. Okay. Yeah. So I would have to book to Hamilton, and then I'm not booking flights on the podcast. That's stupid. But <laughs> <laughs> that uh, this makes for a great great episode. <laughs> I think they're banking on the Ryder fans making this a success mm-hmm. uh, to look good to the province of Nova Scotia, uh, to city council, everyone involved with the <laughs> Halifax like, bid. I mean, the bars will be happy. Yeah, they they will be. I, the Argos, they probably this is probably one of their biggest gates of the year, other than mm-hmm. uh, when the Tie Cats come to town. Well, their, so their season ticket base can just carpool there, right? <laughs> oh God, you said it. You <laughs> you said it. Wow. Uh, I I cannot help myself. I'm sorry. 
but not really. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Grey Cup. Now, I know we're not close to the Bombers winning it in November or Saskatchewan hosting it in November, but another chapter in this trophy-storied history. Mm -hmm. This thing's been held ransom. It's been broken countless times. I'm pretty sure it's been lost. It's been stolen. There's a team engraved on it that didn't even win the thing. <laughs> and now... Wait, 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 wait. Come again? Do you know that story? I don't think I do. Okay, I'm going to read you a story, Brazilian Thai, okay? Okay. Uh, this is really early 19, uh, 1900s in Grey Cup history. Uh, from 1916 to 1918, you know that the Grey Cup was not contested due to World War I. Mm -hmm. And in the mm -hmm. final pre-war season in 1915, the Hamilton Tigers won the Grey Cup again. And at that time, the winning teams were responsible for engraving the trophy, which Earl Grey had donated in 1909. Before heading off to the war, the Hamilton Tigers had the trophy engraved not just for their 1915 win, but their 1908 Dominion Championship in essence, they awarded themselves the Grey Cup one year before it even existed. <laughs> that is greasy. <laughs> and I love it. Uh, and it was not noticed for years as the Grey Cup was not, you know, as highly prized as it is today. Mm -hmm. But that's just another chapter in <laughs> in this trophy's history. Um, I that's love hilarious. That. I, I absolutely love it. But the Grey Cup was recently in a f burning hotel in Kenora, Ontario. The home of the thistles, <laughs> Kenora, Ontario. Just absolute madness. They, the Blue Bombers are not on the same level as the Washington Capitals when it comes to partying. Like, I, I, like, I mean, Ovechkin and Braden Holtby and Tom, those guys absolutely destroyed the summer of, what was that, 2018? 2017, that that was their summer, or 2018. Sorry, that was their summer. There was no question about it. Um, the Bombers are doing basically what the Capitals did, but in the CFL. Like I don't think a team is going to party this hard <laughs> ever, ever again. I don't think it can be done. Like oh. I, I think I think Chris Trevler has outpartied teams on his own. <laughs> I guess that uh, fullback John Rush. From the Bombers uh, was touring <laughs> in Kenora. Uh, you know, Why? Uh, and, and then this hotel uh, <laughs> fire broke out, and they got the trophy out safely. I little, little well, maybe not so little known, but a little fun fact: Kenora is the smallest city to ever win the Stanley Cup as well. Wow! And now also, also. I don't know if they're the only city, but one of the only cities to try to burn the Grey Cup down. <laughs> Man, we're just spitting knowledge today. Oh, well, that's that's what I'm here for. How about that WWE belt for the Bombers? Could they have picked somebody else <laughs> for that picture? Or were they just going full heel turn? <laughs> like, the Raw is going to be in Winnipeg on February 24th. Uh, just imagine Strevler walking down the ramp with that fur coat and aviators. Oh, be, hit, that'd be the greatest thing ever. He would fit right in. Yeah, he wouldn't be out of place at all.
Oh, and that crowd would just eat it up. I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we're going back a couple weeks if they, now. If they could see it. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because they pretty don't have dark power? in the arena. <laughs> yeah, it'd be pretty dark. Wow. Uh, Winnipeg, Toronto. I know. I know. Next? I said I was. Gonna, I know. I said I was going to stop, but I just can't. I can't. Uh, Everybody's going to get one at some point. We're recapping some uh, news that's gone down in the past couple weeks since we last did an episode. Danny Machocha, the new GM of the Montreal Alouettes, he doesn't really have to move because he's been nope. with the Montreal Caravan for a number of. He years. He rebuilt that Caravan program. He did. That's true. Basically, from the ground up, there's he obviously can pick. He can obviously sees talent and knows how to do it. Granted, university, it's recruitment. It's not a draft, so it's a little different. But I mean, I still think he he he's. We'll find out if he's the right guy for the job. I don't think it's a terrible hire at all. He has a, he has quite the job to do. He's going into yes. a contract year for his quarterback, and mm-hmm. a lot of players on that team were overpaid because mm-hmm. for the past five years or so with the quarterback situation there the Mon- Montreal was far from a destination team so if they wanted players they had to pay them mm-hmm. and it's just like it's just like the Oilers in the in this in the NHL the Browns are going to turn into that in the NFL right. it's just it's, it's 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 the reality of sports and with the rookie salary going up by $10,000 with the CBA, there's probably going to be some tough decisions with that team this offseason. Mm-hmm. I, I think for sure. Uh, you know, we're going to see veteran guys get cut, and, you know, they're going to have to build from within and, and find guys in the draft and, and cheaper options that can plug those holes. Uh, because if they're going to stick with Vernon Adams, he's going to end up getting paid. And that and that's what we've seen in this league is that the quarterbacks, that's in the NFL too. Quarterbacks are the ones that are going to get paid, and you have to have a quarterback to well, you have to have something at quarterback to win a championship. They've actually also announced their 2020 coaching staff. It does include Baron Miles as the team's DB coach mm-hmm. and pass game I coordinator. Like uh, he's done that with Edmonton the past few years, but Edmonton has mm-hmm. announced their coaches as well. The Owls. They announced their coaching staff before a general manager was ever hired, so they're still doing things a little bit backwards with that organization. <laughs> well, I, I think though, with the coaching staff, I think your your head coach is going to have the majority of the influence there. Yeah, they had to keep Kahari. It's like they had no choice, right. really. No, but I, but I mean, like to hire your assistants, get your coordinators. I mean, it's got to be. There's got to be guys that are going to jive with Kahari Jones' scheme and what he wants to do. And, you know, with Bob Slovic Slovic there, I mean, you want guys that are going to complement those coaches and to have, you know, Kahari. You see it a lot in the NFL. Like, head coaches are the ones hiring their assistants and their their coordinators. Guys follow, like, they they come with them to other teams. When they get a head coaching job, the coordinators will come with them and stuff like that. So I I, I don't know if it's completely backwards. I I think if there was a GM there, he would have some say, but I think Sokohari Jones is going to have a huge say in his coaching staff. The Edmonton Eskimos have also announced their coaching staff under Scott Milanovic. Uh, A.J. Gass sticks around as the special teams coordinator. Uh, I think the big Mm -hmm. one, though, is them bringing in Noel Thorpe as their D.C. and D.B. Mm -hmm. coach. Uh, And to see what he did in Ottawa, last year's the outlier. Last year, I mean, nothing went right there. 
but he his defenses play physical. Uh, you know, they are on the ball. They are after quarterbacks. Uh, and that, that's something that, yeah, Edmonton can do, and he kind of fits into that. But there's still uh, that aspect of them giving up big plays through the air. I don't their, – their DBs need a little bit of help, and I think uh, having Thorpe as a DB coach too will help that. And like I said, his defenses have always played physical. And I think if he can get his DBs to play a little more physical, that'll help them, uh, you know, slow down passing games. Thorpe had been stuck on some poor teams as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I felt like he did get the most out of his personnel, and I think he's got an all right situation in Edmonton, although it seems like they're losing some young defensive linemen to the NFL. They've got yeah. some Canadian defensive ends. Maybe Betts is going to start opposite of Kwaku Boateng. Two Canadian defensive ends, that's already got your uh, defense ahead of the game, I think, in Edmonton, if they do mm-hmm. that, if. Oh, oh, for sure. And that's the big thing. It has to be an if. The Bombers have announced their coaching staff as well, and probably the worst-kept secret, Buck Pierce has been prom- promoted to offensive coordinator. He's going to be the team's QB coach Cause, as well. Because quarter- the B- Bombers quarterbacks didn't get hit enough last year, because that's all Buck Pierce knows, right? <laughs> He might have to suit up, man, at this point because there's no contracts for any of the Bomber quarterbacks and free agency is only a few weeks away. Man, could you imagine if Buck Pierce makes a comeback? <laughs> he could be the Reggie Dunlop. I'd be okay with that. Oh, I, I, you keep, we keep bringing up Reggie Dunlop like, you know, every episode, every other episode, and I can't use any of his quotes. <laughs> we got an elk on standby. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> Pete Constanza will uh, take over as the team's running back coach after spending 12 years in Calgary. So they bring in some experience, a nice coach in Costanza there. So good for mm-hmm. Winnipeg for bringing him in. And a little bit of continuity. Buck Pierce has worked with that team for, what, six years or something like that now. Uh, he, yeah. he probably doesn't have the same game plan as a La Police would have, but he's definitely familiar uh, with the players and the the core of that team. And, and you know he's played in the, he's played quarterback in this league. Has played in Winnipeg, somewhat of a fan favorite when he was there. It doesn't hurt to have a guy that you don't want to bring in a you know Mike Sherman who doesn't know the CFL game. <laughs> it's nice to be able. It, well, it was. It's true, is it not? It, uh, you it's know, true. To be, to, to be able to promote a guy and, and Buck Pierce, like you said, he has been with the team for so long, has paid his dues, has, has slogged it out in the trenches, and now he gets his shot to to move up. It's not a head coaching job, but I mean, you got everybody's got to start somewhere. Going to Calgary now, where they've announced their coaching staff, and not you know a lot of changes. Um, but Markway McDaniel is one of the highlights. Spent six seasons with Calgary, and now he's the new receivers coach. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of wondered if his time in Calgary altogether was done after his Grey Cup rant. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, I get it, but I don't know if I'd want to be bringing that into my locker room. But at the same time, we don't know his relationship with the with the players that are there. Yeah, uh, and uh, but you're it emotional. was just a bad look. It was absolutely, and you get you're getting twenty 
20 microphones and cameras shoved in your face. I get it. It was just a bad look at the time. And it was something that we were able to make fun of and, and run with. <laughs> so thank you. And thank then, you, Mark Way. Just like we do, we will beat it with a dead horse for the next 50 years. You're going to... No, no. You don't beat it with a dead... You beat a dead horse. Oh. You, don't, you beat a dead horse. What was I thinking, actually? I don't know. I don't know. But have you ever tried to lift up a dead horse to beat somebody no, with it? No, no. But I did watch that new show on History Channel called The Wild Ones. They chase, I have no uh, idea what you're talking about. They chase uh, wild horses around in the valley uh, in B.C. It and, sounds basically like Red Dead Redemption. And then they train them? Well, I guess. Maybe it is. <laughs> I've been... I, 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 I caught up on a million little things, and I I finished Chernobyl. So, I mean, I haven't been watching a lot of other stuff. Nice. Well, Ken's Convenience is back on Tuesday night, so there you go. Well, obviously. <laughs> what I found interesting about Calgary staff is that George Cortez is back in the CFL, this time as an offensive assistant, assistant and running backs coach. He was last with the Lions in 2015, of course won the Grey Cup with the Riders in 2013, and then in Mm -hmm. 14 really was uh, the team's favorite uh, (laughs) whipping boy. He was the scapegoat for a lot of Rider fans, but uh, I think a lot of that coaching staff was the scapegoat in 2014. But this guy's been around the CFL for a long time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he knows John Huffnagel, and he was able to bring him back to the CFL. I mean, it's another one of those, I think, low-key important hirings by mm-hmm. the Stampeders. I, I'm just glad that the Stamps could find a guy to fill a position that, you know, can really help them build a winner because they need that. <laughs> I am just in a mood today. I don't know what it is. He, yeah, but your your definition of chirping the Stampeders is saying, "Oh, saying that they're look, too they good. found another winner." Yeah, like woohoo! He did win a Grey Cup in Calgary in 2008 mm-hmm. as well. And let's face it, he won there in 2001. He mm-hmm. <laughs> he won there in 1998, and. Mm-hmm. He also won there as an offensive line coach in 1992. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> four great cups in Calgary, and he's coming back. Not not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, the Toronto Argonauts have not officially named who their coordinators are going to be, but it looks like Jarius Jackson will man the offense. We've got Glenn Young heading there to be the D.C., and Mark Nelson as the special teams coordinator. He's been with Ottawa for uh, quite some time. I I don't want to be negative, but I don't know if I have faith with the coaching staff in Toronto. Oh, man. Um, It's going to start with Ryan Dinwiddie. Obviously, he's the head coach. He's an unknown. Uh, He's 100% unknown. The one thing he has done has surrounded himself with guys who have been around the league, who have coached in this league, who have been coordinators in this league, uh, you know, and they're older than him. It's not like it's going to be a super young coaching staff. Right. So I think that the the balance there will help. I just don't know if Dinwiddie would be overwhelmed, but I think having that veteran presence on the coaching staff will help will help with that. Uh 
I mean, there's there's a lot of other problems in Toronto other than their coaching staff. Uh, you know, the the way that last year went, I, I I don't think there was any option but to to revamp the coaching staff. But there's there's a lot of work on the field that needs to be fixed too. There's a lot of stuff on the field that needs to be fixed. CFL 2.0 continues to chug along. They actually have already had three global combines. And there's a couple that are happening this weekend. We got one in Great Britain on Saturday, then one in Germany on Sunday. There are Canadian kids taking part in these combines, and they've just started off a new partnership with uh, Brazil's football federation. We've been, we've been, we've been in, we've been in cohorts with Brazil since like 2015. I, I'm still not used Cahoots. to talking about the CFL on a like a global scale like this and mm-hmm. I actually I like it oh absolutely it's always been our little league that could fit in our back pocket and mm-hmm. these big ideas I, I'm I'm down with it and you know with with how global they're, they've become or, or you know trying to reach different global markets I still don't think that you know the domestic market in Canada has suffered from it. No, I I, I can't right? really see. I, I, they're not they're not spreading themselves so thin that you know it doesn't work. There are people complaining that oh you got to get Halifax and Ambrosi's got to do more, but he's really a business guy. He, he can't do mm-hmm. everything. There's a lot of stuff that he doesn't have if, control over that people think he does. There's there's there is powers. Be at be powers that be that are bigger than Ambrosi that have a lot more to do with Halifax than he does. Right. Like I mean, he can only push the envelope so far before it's in somebody else's hands, and that's where we're at now. Yeah, he can only do so much. But, so I, I admire the new ideas because it's something different, and they're trying something different, bringing new revenue mm-hmm. streams to the Red Deer or. <laughs> to the league where <laughs> you were going to say Red Deer, weren't you? I did. I I, I would love a team in Red Deer, man. <laughs> you're you're getting one. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Granted, it's like the worst team in the AJHL. Other than that's not Lloyd Minster, but I mean, you're still getting a team. <laughs> uh, that's going to be rough. I don't know how I can watch handling bad hockey for more than a year, but um... <laughs> a year. <laughs> You're an Oilers fan. Sorry, I forgot. Um, dude, dude, since RBC Cup, the, the, the Bobcats have won like 10 games. <laughs> and that was five years ago, four years ago? <laughs> but new revenue streams to a league when uh, pro mm-hmm. sports leagues in general, uh, they're struggling getting bums in seats and eyes on TV. So I, I'm okay yes. with it. No, I, 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 I have yet to see the detriment. Um, the only thing that I don't like, and I know it's going to sound contradictory, uh, because we have the Canadian ratio, but it's forcing teams to have the global spots. True. Yeah. Because what if those, what if those players are not good enough? True. And taking like, so, I mean, there's that aspect of it, but the idea is I, I totally understand it and I, I, I support it because, I mean, it can't hurt to have the opportunity to bring in more revenue streams, which in turn helps the game. If teams can make money and, and you know, keep their heads above water, the game is going to succeed 
uh, tenfold. We're going to get to some player transactions right away, but if you're looking at making a career change, you've been working for a little while, you know, you don't want to work in minus 48 and have metal things stick to your tongue, check out uh, Norquest College. Your next career move is right around the corner, and Norquest College is here to help. Our new Career Moves Professional Development Program will help you transition to new job opportunities. Funded by the Future Skills Center, we will provide one-on-one coaching, self-assessments, skill development and training, and up to $2,000 in available tuition credit. Our focus is your success. Make your next move. Apply today at norquest.ca slash career moves. All right, and <laughs> let's start with the BC Lions here. We're last year, I think, other than the offensive line, the next biggest <laughs> issue was probably the pass rush. And they just... Wait, 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 wait. BC had a pass rush last year? <laughs> That's a good like, point. You do, know, you do know that when the other team's actually quarterback, that doesn't count <laughs> to your stats. That, that that's a really good point, but I thought Jonathan Jonathan Newsom looked good uh, at times in BC. They've assigned him to a mm-hmm. one year deal, and the pass rush looked way better when Sean Lemon made his return to BC. He is a free agent right now, so who knows if he's going to continue playing yep. for the Lions next year? But Newsom being locked up is probably a uh, a good idea for the Lions. Oh, it, it, like, I, I don't see the bad part of this signing. Con- considering what happened to that team last year, anything, I wouldn't, I, okay, maybe not anything, but, you know, it's not going to take much to be an improvement as to, as to uh, what they had. Some more players have been released to pursue NFL opportunities. The Eskimos released Kendall Vickers, young defensive lineman. The Stampeders mm-hmm. released defensive back to Sean Amos. Tiger Cats released Liram Hyralahu. And as for Trey Roberson, he's had 18 workouts. <laughs> he, he, Hashtag free Trey. He might be able to choose from a number of NFL teams where he wants to play next year. Oh, I, I hope he's a Steeler. Get that jersey like, if he signs. One hundred percent. It'll go right next to my Casey Hampton jersey, who played nose tackle. So me wearing that <laughs> makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, that's like me wearing a Chris Getzlaff jersey back in the day. <laughs> hey, I, I'm not gonna lie. I have a Milan Lucic jersey. <laughs> I, Oilers? I don't know why. I I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> what is with your jersey purchases, dude? If you saw, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a picture of my walk-in closet, and you will be amazed at what I have in there. <laughs> I can't wait to see this. Like there is a Matt Ryan jersey, a Shaquille O'Neal Heat jersey. <laughs> Um, the the old Buffa slug, the Buffalo Sabres jersey, white, wow. the away one. Yeah, I'm, I've made some bad life choices. <laughs> the Stampeders have signed defensive lineman Mike Rose through 2021. Uh, defensive line was a big concern at the beginning mm-hmm. of last year for the Stampeders. Rose had spent a couple years there, full-time starter last year. 
made a bit of an impact, earned himself a new deal with the Stampeders. Mm-hmm. It seems well, like... I mean, <laughs> there, there was a hole left, and, and you know, they everybody yeah. was worried about it, and that, that D-line showed up. It, they did. They couldn't stop the run as the season started, but it turned around no. uh, yeah. as it went on. It was like BC's O-line, right? They were able to turn it around and, and you know, play considerably better. The Riders, another defensive lineman, have signed A.C. Leonard to a two-year deal. He finished last year really strong in Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. and they have signed the uh, uh, long snapper, Jorgen Hoos, to an extension. Oh, so good. <laughs> uh, the Bombers lock up defensive back Nick Taylor, who his play in the fall last year, really mm-hmm. earned him another deal. And offensive lineman Stanley Bryant. So they keep that uh, offensive tackle tandem of Jamarcus Hardrick and Stanley Bryant in Winnipeg. Now it's getting really interesting as to what they're going to do at quarterback. There has been talk oh, that the Bombers oh, are focusing oh. on bringing in Zach Caleros. Uh, again, um, Chris Strebler has an NFL workout, and Matt Nichols sees the Kalaros news and is not happy. He's convinced that his recovery is going well and he will be ready for training camp. He's not only unhappy that they brought Kalaros. Well, I mean, I'm sure he's happy for Zach, but I mean, you know, it, he feels like it's his job. He's also pissed off that people are commenting and reporting on his injury, and they're not even talking to him about it. Right, right. And th- th- I think that was a big issue. He's like, if you guys want to know, ask me, because what you guys are saying is, has no bearing, and it's not even true. So I, I, I kind of chuckled at that, but at the same time, I'm like, haha, you just thought he's out. I, I think he's out. I know that Nichols, he doesn't have the head injuries that Zach Kalaros has, no. but is he almost in the same category? He's like Larry Walker. Shout, shout out, Hall of Famer. But he misses so many games. Yeah, and it's, it's not head injuries, thank God. I know, but yeah. But still, it's still injuries that are nagging, and it, it, seems, it seems to always hit like at the most inopportune of times. Uh, it worked out this year. They won a great cup. But it's not gonna like ninety percent of the time. It's not gonna work out that way. Uh, and you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna pay a guy to sit on your injured reserve, uh, you know that's that's a hard pill to swallow. From 2016 to 2018 in Winnipeg, he did play. You know, 51 games. Mm-hmm. Um, he only missed a few, but he missed half the year last year um, with a. An injury you don't want to have as a quarterback. Yeah. And he he turns 33 in March. And and the no-contact injury last year, or two year, two seasons ago, in training camp. Yeah. Is, is that, for me, that's a red flag. I guess that one, one sort of affected his beginning of the season, missing training camp. Mm-hmm. And uh, he didn't mm-hmm. miss a lot of games, but when he got in, he wasn't himself. No. Uh, he does protect the ball for the most part, um, but that yeah, that year when he came back from the knee injury and uh, he had 18 touchdowns to 13 interceptions, last year was better, 15 TDs to 5 interceptions. Yeah. But with a team that runs the ball that much, 
that's really you just don't turn the ball over and that's a successful day for Matt Nichols mm-hmm. but I don't know do, do they want to keep going with the quarterback tandem of Shreveler and Kalaros it kind of seems that way I, I think if they have the opportunity to do it if if uh, Strevler doesn't get an offer or anything in the in the NFL, I think that's I think that's what they I'm, I'm I, I would that's what I would want to do. Uh, no, no slight against Matt Nichols and his ability, but I mean it's it worked. Uh, you know you got to give teams two different things to game plan for, and, and Matt Nichols can go and you know start in in Toronto because they need a starter. Well, let's talk about Ottawa here, where they extend Sherrod Baltimore, Anthony Goslin, and Avery Ellis. And Nick Arbuckle went there for a, you know, a tour earlier this week just to look at the facilities, mm-hmm. the city, things like that. But contract negotiations have not started between Ottawa and Arbuckle yet. Uh, free agency starts in what, two weeks, three weeks? February 11th. I don't know if I feel comfortable with that. Yeah, I would probably start discussing that sooner rather than later. I don't know what uh, his demands are or what his agent's demands are anyway, but things are going to get figured out quickly in the free agency. Last year, we thought that there would be some delays with the CBA. That didn't happen, and now... Hashtag tampering. They've already sort of uh, restructured Bo Levi's contract because of Mm -hmm. the amount of money he got paid and the salary cap not moving much, but Toronto and Ottawa need to lock up what's happening under center, so Ottawa... I I honestly don't think Toronto knows. (laughs) Maybe they just get... uh, Caleros or Matt Nichols, who knows? Or Arbuckle, yeah, maybe Dinwiddie. he doesn't sign. I I can't really remember the last Dinwiddie. time a team traded for someone's rights and didn't sign him, but <laughs> that would not be good for the Red Blacks. Yeah, that that's my move on NHL 20 where I sign an RFA or trade for an RFA who's not in the league, and then I just let him walk. <laughs> Why? Well, because it's deadline day, and I'm like, ooh, this is a good ad. Oh. And then I'm like, oh, he's not under contract. Great, and I can't sign him because it's after December 1st. <laughs> really glad I gave up a first-round pick. <laughs> I'm the worst armchair GM. <laughs> the Ticats have locked up some really key Canadians in Ted Laurent, Tunde mm-hmm. Adelike, and Kay Okafor mm-hmm. on the offensive lineman. You need Canadians to win, and that is one of the reasons why they dominated the East and were in the Grey Cup last year. 100%. Um, you know, Ted Laurent is a force on, on that on that D-line. Uh, Tunde Adelike in the secondary. Yeah, I, you know, he's not as good as Taylor Loeffler because nobody is, but... <laughs> I mean, he's damn good back there, and, and you know, like you said, you have to have these Canadians uh, at if you can get them at, at positions where they're not traditionally at, and it lets you start an American uh, somewhere else. Uh, you know, at, at maybe a not, I shouldn't say more important position, but a more impactful position. Uh, it sets it, a trickle down effect for your roster, and like you said, that it was a big reason uh, why they won 15 games and why they were in the Grey Cup. If the Argos are going to have nine quarterbacks in uh, camp, I think they're going to have 45 DBs in training <laughs> camp. They are 
just bringing in every DB left and right, and they want to make things happen because that secondary was pretty rough last year. Shaq Richardson has been signed to an extension, and Stanley, tell me, Brazilian tie, don't leave me hanging here. Am I supposed to know? Yes. I'm going to assume it's Jean. Really? But is that because well, we're Canadian? Like, where is he from? He's an American. Okay, but where? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm going to look it up because that'll give us that'll give us a quick answer. <laughs> well, I, I don't know about quick, but Stanley Jean Baptiste. That's a, that's what I'm guessing. But they have signed him through 2022. Uh, well, he, he was born in Miami, so I don't know how French he would be, but he was drafted by the Saints, so we'll we'll say he's Cajun. Okay, there we go. Uh, he spent yeah. some time in the National Football League. Oh, he's, he's his parents are Haitian immigrants, so he is French. Okay, there we go. I said it right. Six three, yeah. two hundred and sixteen pounds, and they they gave him a, a nice little deal here. So they're banking on him making an impact mm-hmm. in that Argos secondary, and they need him to do it. Absolutely, they need him to do it, and I don't think it's going to take much for him to make an impact. Uh, considering what they did last year uh, on the defensive side of the ball. The Owls have made a couple extensions. Uh, Returner Mario Alford, who had some electric returns Mm -hmm. last year, and Canadian receiver Chris Osikusi. Uh, he was just uh, drafted not too long ago. But an interesting note, receiver TJ... He was drafted in 18. Or, no, this spring. Yeah, there we go. Drafted in 2019. That's not too long ago. Um, and (laughs) (laughs) NFL receiver TJ Jones is seriously considering coming to the CFL. If he does, that could be a guy to watch next year, right from the start. If he goes through an entire training camp and everything until you realize that he played for the Detroit lions and the New York giants. But, I mean, 67 receptions, just under 1,000 yards at 852, uh, five touchdowns, uh, you know, add in some return yards there, 560. So it's not terrible. Uh, you know, being a Canadian, he does add uh, that to a roster as well. Uh, you know, six feet, 190, not the biggest guy, uh, but, you know, could definitely. He obviously has the skill, uh, you know, and just can't find a spot in the NFL. So, like you said, be a guy to watch for sure. Rest in peace, Terry Jones. Rest in Pete. Peace, Neil Peart. It's the 2 and Out CFL podcast, a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. If you need any tickets, hit seatgiant.ca. There's that new uh, tour going across Canada this summer. Big wreck, tea party, oh. moist, the headstones. It's a 90s Canadian rock and roll royalty there. Almost the Mount Rushmore of 90s Canadian rock. and If if you don't like Hugh Dillon, just get out. I would, uh, I would agree with that. I, I, the, man is a, the man is a national treasure. Have I, you seen Flashpoint? I back you up on that statement, man. Um, there are going to be tickets to those shows popping up on Seat Giant. There's hockey tickets. CFL tickets will pop up there soon enough as we get ready mm-hmm. for the season. SeatGiant.ca, all the money's in Canadian dollars. And 
Promo code APN is going to save you 5% and support the Alberta Podcast Network in the process. This will be our last podcast of January. Uh, we'll be back in February with free agency starting on February 11th. So plenty to talk about in the coming weeks. It just does not stop in the Canadian Football League. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. 